Hello, welcome to Community Difference Makers, brought to you by Bankers Trust. I'm your host, Emily Abbas, and while our podcast started with interviews of nonprofit executive directors alone, we've recently begun introducing a Bankers Trust team member to be included who's involved with that same nonprofit. Today, we have two wonderful leaders with us, Beth Shelton, who is CEO of Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa, along with one of her current board members, Jenny Carter, who is Managing Director of Institutional and Client Services in Bankers Trust's Wealth Management Division. So a power team today. Welcome, Beth and Jenny. Thank Thank you. you so much. We're excited to be here. All right, Beth, let's start with you. Would you please give our listeners a brief history and overview of Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa and your mission to build girls of courage, confidence, and character? Absolutely. Well, I've been involved in the organization for eight years, but most people probably know that Girl Scouts has been around for more than 100 years. But here locally, what that means, Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa serves a jurisdiction of 70 counties, 7-0. So we cover about two-thirds of the state and portions of Nebraska and South Dakota. Um, And that goes back to many Girl Scout councils that were merged together about 12 years ago and formed what we now call today is Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa. So in that jurisdiction, we serve about 14,000 members. Those are girls and volunteers. We manage eight properties, about 73 buildings, uh, and over 1,000 acres. And so among those properties are sometimes offices and leadership centers, but also four really robust camps. So that, in a nutshell, is who we serve and how we serve them in Greater Iowa. Well, we love giving shout outs here. So I'm gonna give a shout out to one of my uh, Brownie leaders from the early eighties, Cherie Shrek, um, who's a wonderful community um, supporter of the arts in our community now, um, was one of my leaders and and I did attend Camp Sacagawea. So I don't know if that's still one of your properties that you're talking about, but that was always a really cool, fun thing to do in the summer. Absolutely. Camp Sacagawea is our largest attended camp. Uh, We serve more than 2,000 girls in the summer and sort of the hallmark of Sacagawea there in Boone is the equine program. So even though we have a high ropes course and a pool and all this cool stuff, it's the horse program that really draws girls in. So I'm just curious, Emily, were you involved in the horse program back then when you attended? I was not. I remember swimming in the pool and I remember that there were, I remember the cabins we stayed in but I remember there were teepees as well. And I don't know if those are still there, but that was really cool. I never got to sleep in one of those, but I always was jealous of the girls that had the teepees as their cabins. Mm-hmm. We have upgraded to platform tents now, uh, no more teepees. We have platform tents that are really similar. Uh, and then of course we have cabins and lodges. About half of the facilities have air conditioning nowadays. Uh, and then those that want the more primitive experience can do the, the platform tent. So it's a nice mix, but we've definitely come a long way in terms of some modern amenities for those that pick that. That's awesome. Yeah. Jenny, you've been a board member for Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa for, what, five or so years now? Um, what specifically drew you to this organization and, and how it gave you interest in joining um, Beth's board? Sure. Um, so being a board member of Girl Scouts really started with a personal development goal that I had to become more involved in the community. And Emily, when I met with you, you suggested that I connect with Beth. And so when I did, I sat down and talked with Beth. She shared her vision for Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa and all the work she'd been doing since she'd become CEO. At that time, I also shared my experience with Beth with Girl Scouts when my daughter Marina was a daisy in the fall of her kindergarten year. So at that time, that troop was pretty large. There were about 12 girls who were joining daisies as kindergartners. And that leader needed some help with activities. So I had an opportunity to work as a parent volunteer. 
And really during that year, I saw a lot of growth in the girls and their love of learning. And of course, being a daisy, earning their petals, uh, they developed a lot of friendships during that time. And so over the course of the next few years, I co-led daisies, brownies, and juniors. And really with the strong mission of building girls' courage, confidence, and character, I knew that I wanted to be a part of the board. I feel like I set you up on that question, but I had even forgot about that connection that you and I had met on this, and, and I forgot that I made that introduction. Time flies over those five years. That's the most fun part of my job is connecting um, members of our Bankers Trust team with wonderful leaders like Beth. So what a fun story and what a great history that you, you two have together. Beth, you've given us a, a little bit of history on, on your organization. Tell us a little bit more about the importance of connecting girls with troops and the types of skills they learn from this kind of smaller group programming. Yeah, you know, I have to say that I didn't even fully understand everything Girl Scouts did, you know, when I before I started. And so it's easy to think of the program as sort of cookies, camp, crafts. And it's so much bigger than that. Like, do sometimes they do some of those things? Yes, um, but it's so much bigger. What we're seeing across the board for nearly every demographic today, right now, is a rise in some mental health issues, right? Some depression, anxiety, et cetera. And that rise is most stark in young females. It's a more rapid rise than any other demographic. And so there's a lot of, the Washington Post just put out a big article this week about it, but it's become sort of an epidemic. And there's a lot of reasons why, but what we really need are protective mechanisms, social, emotional connection, safe spaces for girls. And look, it's not that there's a shortage of activities for kids, right? So I have two daughters and it's there's so many options to sign them up for everything from rec leagues and tournament teams and gymnastics and dance and all these amazing things. But I can tell you the unique value that I've seen happens with Girl Scouts, much of what Jenny just talked about. But it's not only learning, but it's in this space where you're not stacked up against one another and ranked. And so even when you think about six, seven-year-old girls in some of the extracurricular activities, the point is to be the best, right? Be better than your peer. And there's a sense of hierarchy. And in Girl Scouting, what you get is that true connection where you get to try things, challenge yourself, learn to be, learn to grow, but in a way that you are not then evaluated to say, okay, and therefore you are less than this one and you're better than this one. The whole point is that everyone grows, so to speak, blossoms, right, as a daisy, everyone grows together. So whether they're doing a high ropes course, whether they're approaching their first customer in the cookie program, and you know, a lot of people might think about the cookie program as like, they're just selling cookies. And I, what I say to people like that is, have you ever been approached by a six-year-old asking you to buy cookies? Most people have, right? And I'm like, do you know how many adults cannot ask another adult to purchase something, cannot look someone in the eye and ask them for something? Like we are teaching girls critical skills like that at age six, right, age five. And so it goes so much further than what people see on the outside. It's about expanding that muscle of um, testing girls. We know that resilience comes from pushing yourself or getting pushed a little past where you think that's comfortable. So in an age appropriate way, it might be approaching a customer for a daisy, a five-year-old daisy, um, versus a 14-year-old doing the high ropes course for the first time. That's a little different muscle, resilience muscle. But in many ways, right, that's what the program is about. It's not about who's the best, stacking up, competing against others at all. It's about having this united group that supports one another. And I know, you know, as sort of a middle-aged woman, 
that continues to be so important to me, finding those, right, those networks and those groups that you can authentically show up and be yourself and uh, that you have this trusted circle. And that's what we're helping give kids. And that's what they're lacking in so many other spaces today. Yeah, so many opportunities for them individually and to grow confidence, but also having that supportive team and working with others um, or or others who are going through the same things that they are. I think that's so important. And those are such skills that will help them throughout their lives, right? Things that you and I, uh, all the three of us, uh, rely on every single day. Um, you know, I was going to wait a little while to talk about cookie season, but since you brought up cookie season, tell us how Girl Scout cookies really do fit into the overall goals of the organization um, and how this this really long-held tradition of selling cookies makes a difference in our community beyond kind of the sales aspects. I know I have friends who whose daughters have, you know, sales pitch videos out on social media. I mean, it's come a long way since I sold cookies. But tell us more how that fits into your overall mission and, and, and programming. Yeah. So, of course, most people know about the Girl Scout cookie program because it's um, for six weeks out of the year. It's the, you know, the biggest cookie program in the world, right? Bigger than any other national brand for those six weeks. Now, the six weeks varies um, by location, by geography. As you mentioned, we are right now in central Iowa in the heart of cookie season. So, you know, it goes well beyond the sales. Like, yes, it is true that it's a huge funding source. What a lot of people don't know is that 100% of the cookie revenue stays local, stays in greater Iowa. There, so, you know, we are 100% locally funded. So when I talk about those camps, the horse programs, the pool, the, the programming, all of that, so the cookie program helps fund that, but also a big portion of the revenue goes directly to the troops, and then a portion goes directly to the girls. So they can set their goals and then do things like fund going to camp, right? They earn enough in cookie dough, what we call sort of program credits, to go to camp or to go on amazing trips. There's three girls in my troop this year that are saving to go to Savannah, Georgia, to the, the birthplace of the founder of Girl Scouts, Juliet Gordon Lowe, and they're using cookie dough credits, right? Cookie credits. Um, so it's mutually beneficial for all of these different groups in, in addition to being you know so delicious uh the infrastructure is so big we could you know we could talk for a whole hour about that trust me we won't but we manage 30 warehouses throughout cookie season in central iowa so you know that last mile of the supply chain is really uh unique and interesting in the cookie program so you know there i've seen some some comedians kind of do some parodies about the cookie program but they're like wait your sales force is six years old wait you know, you're going door to door, like, how does this work? And of course, people, you know, people love it. And what I would say about the changes, the innovations and in how girls sell cookies, you know, I have heard the criticism that what are girls learning if it's sold on social media or online? Because there's a lot of ways, there's a lot of channels girls can sell, right? They can sell in front of a store, they can sell door to door, they can sell online. And what I, what I try to remind people is that is mirroring business today, right? How many people could come into the workforce today and have no concept of e-commerce or social media or social media marketing? That's relevant. We are teaching girls about consumer behavior and, and what is sticky and what works and how to work with customers and meeting customers where they are. And if that's not business, I don't know what is. And so we're teaching girls, you know, this sort of antiquated thinking that the only way you're teaching girls about business is for them to do an in-person interaction that really wouldn't be relevant to today's business because very few businesses actually operate that way. So we're kind of moving at the speed of girls and we're teaching them how to be relevant in a lot of different ways. So that does beg the question, and I know you get to ask this a lot, um, what's your favorite Girl Scout cookie? Um, or I'll even expand it more, is there a fun recipe that you use Girl Scout cookies in? 
Oh my gosh. So my favorite Girl Scout cookie, of course, I tend to be surrounded by them. I, it's not year round, but for quite a bit longer, right, than the average person. Uh, so I get to have my plenty to try out here. So historically, I grew up eating Samoas. In our part of the country today, we eat Caramel Delights, which is a very similar cookie. Um, Samoas are still around. They're in other parts of the country. There's two bakers that bake all of the cookies. I can tell you the subtle differences in the two, but you know, it, for my staple cookie, it's gonna be Caramel Delight. What I, I wanna asterisk that by saying last year, the new cookie was the Adventureful, which is a brownie and caramel mashup. It was very high selling. We sold out a few times. Some people didn't get to try them. The Adventureful is right up there now with my favorite. So like if I had to pick one today to have with my coffee, it would be Adventureful. Because I think because I haven't gotten my full fill of it just yet. It's only been a year, you know? So that one's really rich and decadent and I really like it. All right, I haven't tried the Adventurefuls and no one's approached me yet this year. So put me down for a couple boxes from okay. uh, one of your daughters. I'm, I'm all in on, on, on trying those. Uh, Jen, how about you? Do you have a favorite cookie? I do. I would say my favorite of all time is going to be the Dosey Dough, which is now known as the peanut butter sandwich. That has always been my favorite. And it is absolutely amazing with a cup of coffee that you dunk in get it a little coffeeed up and then uh, eat it. So that's gotta be my favorite. Close second is gonna be Thin Mints. The love of Thin Mints, you can break those up and you can put them on some ice cream. You can just eat them straight out of the box if you want, and usually sleeve at a time. <laughs> you guys are making my stomach uh, growl here this morning. I have my coffee and no Thin Mints or uh, dosy dos to eat with them. <laughs> All right, Jenny, you were so excited to join this board. You've definitely made a big difference. Is there something that surprised you most about Girl Scouts since joining the board? Yeah, I would say one thing that has probably surprised me the most since joining the board is really just the year over year growth of the membership. Not only girls, but also adults. Uh, Girl Scouts has become really popular and girls need this type of programming. Uh, many councils have had a lot of declining numbers, but we continue to grow in greater Iowa. And I think that really is just directly attributable to the passion that really exists for providing opportunities for girls. That year-over-year -year growth really is proving just how successful the team has been in advocating for the mission of Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa. And what do you enjoy most about, about participating? I would say, you know, being part of the board, they're really active and very committed. Uh, there's really a passion for ensuring there's outreach in our communities. And as a board, we discuss a lot of the key initiatives, a lot of topics which are important to the continued success of the organization. And kind of as Beth talked a little bit earlier, you know, camp is really one of the highlights of being a Girl Scout. Um, cookies, of course, and, you know, being able to earn those credits to go to camp. But I've been able to see firsthand really just how much work goes into offering that programming at camp uh, so girls can experience the excitement of of being there with other girls and sharing that experience, whether they're they're going out horse riding or they're just participating in outdoor activities. There's just a lot that goes into camp. Sounds like you need board member week at Camp Beth. How, how much fun would that be? That would be really Jenny fun. Wants, Jenny wants to be in one of the platform tents, I can tell. For sure, for sure. You know, I've had an opportunity to be up at camp and um, when my daughter was younger, and it was so much fun uh, just really getting girls together from multiple troops and then just being able to share their experiences. It's just a really fun time for girls. It really is. It's it's life changing. And you know what? I, I kind of joke now because people that know me now find this hard to believe. But when I took this job, 
I was not outdoorsy. Like that wasn't a thing. I had never camped. You know, I had I never sang. I remember saying in my interview, like, I'm not like a, I don't sing and like do that. You know, like I'll do my best to do my job, but that's not my jam. And it couldn't be more my jam now. Like at the difference of how much it has changed my life, you know, um, to be to see the magic of camp, how amazing it is. And to, to see you know, I get to see front lines, not just as the CEO, but as a parent to two Girl Scouts. And, you know, admittedly, my own two daughters were not overly outdoorsy. So then when they, you know, of course, mom's the CEO now, we're going to go to camp. Okay. And now they love it. They look forward to it every year. We have a tradition. Um, we also have a big camp that's waterfront on Clear Lake. And we have a sailing program there and a huge high ropes course. It's amazing. It's called Camp Tanglefoot. And every year we make a tradition of going up there. And uh, my, you know, my 14 year old daughter can't wait. She asked me every year, what day are we going to Tanglefoot? You know, when are we doing that? And to see that transformation and how much they love. If you can get, I'm telling you, if you can get middle school girls to sit outside around a campfire, no cell phones and just be present, it brings out an entirely different side of them and a side that they need to be tapped into. Uh, and it's so healthy for them. And so even if they resist a little on the front end, once we get them there, they love it and they want to stay. And that is the magic. And, you know, when I think about our board members, how much work they put in, the infrastructure behind camp is so big. There's no way I could have imagined. Uh, and our, our board members are so great about helping with that, create that strategy to make those sustainable, to make them healthy, uh, to make them safe. Um, and, of course, to make sure that they're, we're filled to capacity, which is what we want. So I'm sure many of our listeners also participated in, in Girl Scouts and went to camp, just like we talked about how I did. You know, that was a long time ago, though. Tell us how the organization has changed and evolved over the last few decades. Um, you talked about some of the mental health issues being, being a difference. Um, what else that you offer has changed or evolved? Yeah, well, well, so much. Of course, we have we have core pillars that aren't going to change. So it's always true that outdoors is one of our four core pillars, right? And so it's good to blend that that stuff that's tradition and really beneficial and the stuff that people love is still there. But so much has evolved. So for instance, we have today about 200 badges that girls can earn. So these are going to be based on skill sets, curriculum, etc. And that badge lineup changes a lot. So that's where we see the most evolution. And today, about a quarter of our badges relate to things, um, you know, in STEM or adjacent to STEM. So we have badges in coding, in cybersecurity, in engineering, areas that are very male dominated for adults. Well, who has access to the pipeline to help change that? Because we know data says that girls self-identify as being interested in STEM or not by age 14. So by age 14, we've lost them. If they think they're not good at it, they're not going into it. Well, who has access, right? In addition to our schools, who has access to girls before that? So we have kindergarten daisies um, doing engineering and coding. They, they know more about coding than I do because I know very little, right? Um, so, but that's what I'm talking about. Like we were in entrepreneurship, right? We have so many badges in entrepreneurship. And when you talk, when you think about adults today, female owned businesses and the growth there and the data around how effective and amazing that is, um, teaching girls about entrepreneurship at a young age, what does that mean? What tools do they have? So, so much has evolved. So the core things that people love about Girl Scouting are still there. You know, the cookies, uh, the camp, the outdoor programs, the connection to one another. But there's a lot of innovation that happens pretty rapidly. 
I love that you brought up STEM so for our listeners. Hopefully everyone knows that science, technology, engineering, and math. And there is so much data that shows that as young females are exposed to those um, topics and getting their hands-on experience with things like coding, like uh, Lego world, all these different things as, as a kid that they really can see themselves doing these things more as adults. So thank you for helping promote uh, STEM with, with these young women. For the final two questions, I'd like you both to chime in. Um, I know we've covered a lot of ground, but there's so much more we could. What's one thing you want listeners to remember about Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa? If there's one thing that you leave top of mind on, and Jenny, let's start with you this time. Sure. Yeah. So one thing, you know, and we kind of talked about this before, just it is cookie season. So just Girl Scouts in general and that young girls really love a yes to a box of cookies. But if you're not an eater of cookies, you could consider donating a box to the cookie share program. You know, girls love to talk about selling cookies and the goals that they've set. And kind of as Beth had indicated, you know, being able to earn cookie dough for camp is really one of the great things that they're looking to do. But take a minute or two and ask the girls about the goals that they are establishing and what they're doing to meet those. Um, they have a really great strategy to meet those goals and they're really passionate about what they're doing. So just take a couple minutes and ask the girls really what it is they're looking to accomplish during cookie season. Beth? Oh, there's so many things. If I had to narrow it down, you know, I think what I would say, and maybe because I see it so first person with daughters, you know, I hear so many girls and parents talk about, you know, my, my daughter's lonely, she's bullied, she's unhappy, I don't know what to do. And just reminding people that an organization like Girl Scouts is right here. It's inexpensive or free to sign up. And we serve girls all the way through 12th grade. And, you know, sometimes I think that, so getting over that perception that it's a little girl in like a daisy smock. It is true that for some girls it is that. But for some girls, it's coming once a year to camp with other girls. For some girls, it's being in a troop. For some girls, it's not. They don't have to be in a troop. They can just come to programs. We have older girl programs that are, you know, focused just on uh, high schoolers, middle schoolers, et cetera. So um, sort of getting over that maybe stigma and really educating yourself or inviting the, the girls in their lives, right? If they, if you know a girl age kindergarten through 12th grade, and you're like, I think she's missing something. I think that she could benefit. GirlScoutsIowa.org, you know, that's where it is. Check it out. And we have programs for all age levels. So just reminding people we are right here and we're a great resource and it's a ton of fun. To be an advocate, promote participation, promote awareness. Um, those are all things listeners can do to help support you. Um, you're both clearly passionate about giving back. Why do you think it's important to get involved in your community in general. I know, Beth, you're involved in many other things as well. Jenny here with Girl Scouts, among other things. Why, why do you think that's important um, when it comes to volunteering, giving your time, your talent, and your treasure? Beth, do you want to kick us off? Absolutely. Well, clearly, I get to see, you know, I have the great fortune of working somewhere where I get to align passions and purpose. And so I get to see the benefit. There's there's no way Girl Scouts could operate or many other nonprofits, for that matter, without the dedication of volunteers, without people giving their time and talent so generously. I mean, it the our whole infrastructure is built on the concept of people willing to give. But beyond the, the benefit as an organization that I see for kids, Personally, there's a lot of data around purpose and fulfillment, and I find that no matter what I'm facing in life, the more I give of my spirit, the more I serve others, 
the more fulfilled I am. And so it's really this sort of beautiful cumulative effect that it not only does it make me healthier to do it, but it makes the world better. And, you know, coincidentally, that's part of our mission statement is making the world better. Uh, I'm just fortunate I get to kind of see it on all sides. Yeah, and I would say for me, really giving back helps us to build a stronger community. And that is one of the reasons that, you know, just being a part of the Girl Scouts board, being able to see what we're doing in the community and how we really are helping young girls become strong young leaders. You know, whether it's finding opportunities to volunteer or providing some financial support to an organization, I know that I am able to make a difference. Um, as a board member of Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa, I can see how important those volunteer opportunities are and the donations and the planned giving to support the mission of the organization and just really how we are continuing to reach girls in the communities that we are serving. Thank you so much, both of you, for saying yes to this interview. We hope we've helped to raise awareness of Girl Scouts of Greater Iowa. Um, Beth and Jenny, I just appreciate you both so much. Um, Beth, I first remember the time we met, uh, the very first time we were at breakfast with Suku at Iowa Machine Shed. I tagged along, I think that was seven years ago-ish. Um, and appreciate that all you've done and the friend that you've become um, over those years. Thank you for being such a leader in our in our community. Jenny, thank you for being such a leader in Bankers Trust. I appreciate how you all bring opportunities for girls in our community, have brought growth to Girl Scouts in our community, how you make social and emotional connections, how you promote resilience. And we're gonna give our listeners a call to action Say yes to a girl who is asking you to buy a box of cookies. Say yes, and don't just buy one. Buy one for yourself and buy one for a friend and buy one to donate. Can't say no to those cookies and ask them what their goal is and let them tell you their sales pitch. Um, so if nothing else, say yes to, and, and, and do that and help us promote Girl Scouts. Also, thank you to our listeners. Remember, you can find our podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, or at bankerstrust.com backslash community difference makers. Stay tuned for more of these dual interviews like we had today uh, with local nonprofit leaders and the Bankers Trust team members who support their important work. Thank you both. Thank you, Thank you Emily, and your team. We appreciate the opportunity. Bankers Trust, equal housing lender, member FDIC.